This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpeed. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. It is Tuesday night. It is 9.30. It is time for another episode of Ready to Unload, otherwise known as RTU. Today is July the 5th, 2011, and again, it's 9.30, so let's just do this. we got a lot of sports to talk to you about tonight, coming to you live from Bayside, New York. And without further ado... Let's just do this. Let's just get this going. Yellow, everybody. It's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Let's bring in my co-host, my partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in all things sporting sublime, Mr. Brian Calniva, Calpino Caliente. Hello, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great, man. What's going on, brother? Yeah, not much. Not not a home. Not a whole lot. Just saw you the other day. It's fantastic. I know it was nice. Good seeing you too. We saw the whole family. The RTU crew was all together for a uh, a July Fourth barbecue type thingamajiggy. Oh, I thought we were together for a photo shoot. We were. We did take did have a photo shoot uh, involved in the get together. Considering oh. that it may be the last time ever that the <laughs> four of us are in the same room. That's true. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was great to see the Cal family. Nice, nice to be seen too, and and your family as well, of course. Yes, yes. Cal finally got to meet the little guy, so that was nice. So did the bishop, pop culture PJ. He also got to meet the little guy for the first time, and and Doctor Ray Stab was there as well. I mean, we had a lovely time. It was a delightful day, a lot of fun. That <laughs> <laughs> sums it up. Well, the number to call is four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. The bishop, pop culture PJ, is once again behind the glass. We also uh, may be joined uh, by Dr. Ray Stat a little bit later, perhaps. Uh, but we have a ton of sports to talk about, so let's get right to it here on this episode, Cal. Episode number 1118. And uh, we're going to talk about the Subway Series a little later, the Mets, the Yankees, the baseball, the whole thing. But, Cal, I want to start off with a question here in the big unload. Interesting phenomenon that happened last week. The Islanders had traded the rights, and, and, and this is not about hockey. This is an overall sports question that I want to ask you, Cal. Yeah, because I, I don't want people to think we're actually leading with the Islanders. No, certainly not. Not, okay. on, July, not on, July, on July 5th. There is no <laughs> good reason to lead with the New York Islanders. But uh, something happened with the Islanders, and they were uh, courting a free agent. They traded for the rights to negotiate with a free agent defenseman named Christian Erhoff. Okay, he's a pretty good defenseman. Uh, yes. He's not great. All right, he's not. He's not going to make anybody forget Denny Podvan. All right, late of the Vancouver Canucks. Late of the Vancouver. Thank you. And he he decided to. Uh, the Islanders offered him more than the Vancouver Canucks did. They had 24 hours basically to sign him, exclusive window that they traded a fourth round pick for. Here's my question, Cal. Did you see what Christian Ehrhoff said? He wound up not signing with the Islanders, not taking their deal, and going. And the Islanders traded him to Buffalo, got that fourth-round pick back, right? So, so it, wound up, it wound up being a wash. It wound up being a wash. The Islanders took a chance. 
on a crazy kid named Christian Ehrhoff. All right? And that's what Garth Snow does. He's a crazy GM. He takes chances. That's what you have to do when you have a $28 payroll. It's not the point. The point is Christian Ehrhoff's quote was why he chose the Buffalo Sabres over the Islanders. Didn't have anything to do with the Nassau Coliseum or Long Island or anything like that. The quote was, well, I wanted to be uh, uh, with a team that's closer to winning the Stanley Cup. You know, so uh, let me see. I I have the exact quote because it infuriated me. Okay. My goal is to win the Stanley Cup. And after the offer I received from Buffalo, which was a ridiculous offer, well over market value. Right. After the offer I received from Buffalo, I believe this is the best place to make it happen. Now, Cal, my question to you is we see this all the time in sports, in professional sports. We see this so much lately, this I want to go where I have the best chance to win a championship. It's so false and fake and nonsense, and I am incensed about it because whatever happened to going to a team and being part of winning? you got to go right to a team that's a, a step away from winning the Stanley Cup? It's nonsense. What 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 is oh this quote drives me crazy, Cal, as you can see. I I, I see you're wound up about it. But do you, do you understand my please? I no, I, I I totally I totally understand your point. But the thing is, like you say what happened to being part of a team? I don't ever remember anybody doing it to be part of a team. I think it's been this way all along. I mean you see it more now. But I think it's I think it's always been this way. I think you can really count on one hand the number of players that went to a team that wasn't necessarily close to winning a championship for the sole purpose of building a championship. Yeah, but I, I but right? I, it's such a but it's such a nonsense line from a from a free agent. It's it's nonsense. He's going to go where the best deal is. How much for how much closer to winning a Stanley Cup are the Buffalo no. Sabers than the Islanders? But Steve, that's the thing with Erhoff. He did not go where the best deal was. The Islanders offered more money. But he got ten years. But he got ten years. The Islander contract was was a five year deal that was completely backloaded. He got the front he got a ten year deal that was completely front loaded. So he did get a better deal. And he got more years. Don't get me started on these cartoonish NHL contracts, please. (laughs) Look, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother years, fifteen years. That's the way to beat the cap though, Cal. That's the way they beat the cap. You're going to see it in the NFL. When they come back from this lockout, you're going to, you're going to, start, seeing, you're going to start seeing the Peyton Manning contract. The 10-year the ten year con- No, for the for the star player, you're going to start seeing more of it, Cal. Yeah, but that, but but that money's not guaranteed. So It spreads out the money against the cap. Right. But what, all, all I'm saying is – now, you brought up an interesting point before. We were talking about this a little bit before we came on for this episode. And you were talking a little bit about uh, Amari Stoudemire. Right, which is an example of the guy who didn't, you know, take the more money. It is a little bit. I mean, I mean, you know, didn't come to a team that was ready to win a championship. He probably left the team that was closer to having a shot at a championship and came to the Knicks. Right. But he's the exception rather than the rule. I'm so tired of hearing this line. Go to the go be part of the solution. I know. And a lot of times these teams that are not close to winning like the Islanders, they need somebody to make that leap and be exactly. part of the solution. That's exactly right. No, you know, like that, that's how it starts. You, the first guy signs with them. And again, Erhoff is not an all, you know, he's, he's okay. You know, he's not going to be the best defenseman in the league. But 
you get a guy like that signed with your team, it lends a little credibility to your franchise. Absolutely. And and it's the old, you know, Cal, there's a great example of this, right? When Hernandez is traded to the Mets in right. 83. Okay. Right. Right. Cash, Frank Cashin has to talk him into going to the Mets. Because now now there, he didn't have a no trade clause or anything like that. Or he may have. I don't know. I don't know if it, maybe we can look that up. Maybe we can see if Hernandez had a a no trade clause. No, he didn't. He had no he well he had a no trade clause, but the Mets weren't on it. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so he was forced to go and he tells the story how it took him 2 days to report because he just he couldn't believe it. Right, exactly. And he had to have Cashin talk him in to go right. to the Mets. Okay, but that was but and Frank Cashin talked him into it by saying you're going to be part of the solution. You're going to get he, he had no choice to win. No, I understand he had no choice, but you know, who knows? Maybe he sits out, maybe he doesn't report. I mean, he had some sort of options. This is not, you know, pre-Kurt Flood. You know, I mean, he had some options. What I'm saying is Hernandez saw the that you know there's young guys here there's Strawberry there's Gooden there's Darling there's these guys coming up we're building a winning team and you can be a part of it and why is that gone why is that gone why does nobody do that anymore because it's harder exactly that's exactly right in that's fact, the reason it's harder look we saw it for years with Carlos Delgado right Cal we saw it for years with Carlos Delgado before he came to the Mets right. He never wanted to take a trade late in the season to go to a winner and maybe get a ring. Right. Somebody else did that too recently. Uh, Somebody was going to be – who was it? Somebody was going to be traded. It was a Cub. Was it a Cub? It was somebody that didn't want to leave. It was uh, Derek Lee. Derek Lee. That's who it was. And then he finally accepted a trade to the Braves. Right. That's what it was. But for years, Derek Lee didn't want to leave wherever he was to go get a championship. But it's a right. different thing when you're a free agent. Now, it, it, the, the the best point of this, Dr. Ray brings up a great point. LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James is, is the epitome of this. Yeah. Going to the Miami Heat instead of going and being – or staying in Cleveland and being part of the solution or going to a Knicks or going to uh, 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 even the Nets. Even the Nets. Well, like more so the Nets. Right, that's what we said at the time. Like, could you imagine if you went to the Nets and built them into a championship team? Could you imagine? You'd be a hero in Newark. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be a hero in Newark? Exactly. Exactly. You'd be you'd be you'd never have to buy a drink in Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> I I I just I don't understand this mentality. It's such a me first. Free agent mentality and LeBron James. That's a great call, Doctor, right? Because LeBron James is the epitome of this. Epitome. Unfortunately, I do understand it. That's the problem. Yeah. It I just it drives me crazy. Fine, young cannibal style drives me crazy. Uh, you don't have to tell me, but it would be it would be refreshing to see the young. You know, let let's use Jose Reyes as an example. Just, just for argument's sake, Jose Reyes has multiple offers on the table. He's got an offer from uh let's say he's got an offer from the Yankees all right for okay. 150 million dollars but then he also has an offer on the or- from the Orioles for a little bit less okay mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see Jose Reyes he's never would never do it but it would be interesting to see Jose Reyes take the offer from Baltimore 
so that he could he could lead the charge towards respectability. You know, Jose Reyes signs with Baltimore. All of a sudden now it becomes a place to play, and then you start bringing in free agents that you normally wouldn't have gotten. But it takes that first player to, to take the first step, you know? Yeah. Oh, what about Jose Reyes signing back with the Mets? And saying that I want to be part of the solution here. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go to the team, to the Yankees, and and go to the team that's closest to getting me to a World Series. You're right. That's it. You know? No. And and it it just, uh, Dr. brings up a good point. Reyes is not the problem. And and he's right. Cal, that's an excellent analogy. If he gets into free agency and he takes the money, uh, he takes a little less money to go to Baltimore and becomes part of the solution there. And, And you've seen guys do that. A little bit, but they always seem to be at the either end or beginning of their career. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's always a veteran, uh, a veteran uh, uh, who's going to go to a team. Veteran. Yeah, he's going to go to the team or whatever, uh, and 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 be the the veteran guy that's going to get them over the hump or whatever. Like, even Messier. You know what I mean? But like Messier was going to the Rangers. I get it. But again, trades. Right. No, no, I know. Treats. But but these guys don't hold out either. They could. You know, I mean, do you think Mark Messier wanted to leave Edmonton when he? Well, it was messy, but <laughs> you get my drift. My drift yes. is, I am so tired of hearing this line from a free agent. How about being part of the solution? How about sacking up, okay, and being? Wow, sacking up. Oofa. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. I, I, w- I would like to rescind that. Take it back. Can I rescind the sacking up? Take it back. <laughs> Sack lodge. <laughs> Cal, you realize Sack Lodge may be the greatest character name in a movie that nobody knows? You know I don't even know. No, I don't know it. Do you know what that is? No. Uh, we're going to have to go to a little Wedding Crashers. Ah. Uh, breakout okay. role for, uh, what's a sack? What's a sack? <laughs> what's his name? Bradley <laughs> Cooper. His breakout role was Sack Lodge. Oh, that's right. Oh, he's a WAP genius. Uh, don't no, don't write letters or whatever. I happen to be of Italian American descent anyway, and it's a line from the movie. But uh, you could say it, right? Yeah, that's right. I have I have uh, coup de la. No, his name is Sack Lodge. That's my favorite walking line in the movie. Where's Sack? Sack. <laughs> uh, he's staying back home. We sail without him. <laughs> so anyway, Cal, that was I wanted to throw that in the big unload at the top of the show. Because I, I'm, I, I saw that quote, and I was talking to uh, Scott a lot about it. And Scott was uh, saying, Big Islander fan, our buddy Scott, was saying that, you know, that's the way it is these days, especially in hockey. Right. Especially in hockey, where there's a negligible difference between the Islanders and the Sabres. I'm sorry. I mean, the Islanders have every chance to be better than the Sabres next year. Um, They've got a chance. They, if they stay healthy and get good goaltending out of Montoya, why are they not as good as the Sabres? What? Well, let's let's save that for another day. Montoya, really? You you don't believe? Well, they've got the sixty million dollar man there. Montoya is going to be the starter, Cal. Uh, we can save this talk for October. But let's save this talk for October. Save it. Yeah. <laughs> you know the other thing about just last thing on, on this is that the player that signs. Like an Airhoff signed with Buffalo, right? He can't help but insult the team that he didn't sign with by saying, "Oh, I wanted to join the team that I felt had a better chance of winning." Yeah, I, exactly. That's you know? the thing that drives you a little crazy as an Islander fan. Obviously, it's an insult. Of course, 
You know, when when in reality, if you think about it, he didn't owe them anything. No, he didn't, he really didn't owe them anything. But now by by opening his mouth and and you know first spurning the offer and then opening his mouth about that he wanted to play for a, a better team, he's made himself public enemy number four or five now. Yeah, I I, I say one. I hope that he gets uh, uh, smudged. I hope uh, Mr. Haley smudges him. I have a feeling a couple of guys will remind him of his comments this year. Uh, there's, uh, I, I think so too. And and Doctor Ray brings up a great point that they the Sabers were forty three and twenty nine. They don't go to the playoffs every year, Doctor Ray. They don't. Uh, they and and uh, it's a hockey town, I guess, because there's nothing else to do in Buffalo. Trust me. Uh, let's not let's not disparage Buffalo. I I know I know you're angry. I can disparage Buffalo. I've been there. I've been there too. Many a time. It's cold. It is awfully cold. But don't, you know, let's not make this a border war. <laughs> is that what this is? Let's not turn this into a border war. Is that appropriate to use here? Sure. Let's not turn this into a holy war. Jeez. And and the bottom line, Steve? Hmm? The bottom line in all of this? We're all New Yorkers. <laughs> Buffalo's New York. We're New York. That's it. You summed it up. We're all New Yorkers. Yep, that's right. At the heart of it, they're the only uh, New York football team. So there you go. There you How do you like that? I'm ripping on them. They're the only New York football team. Let's just all get along. All right. Let's And, and the Goo Goo Dolls are from there. I mean, who can do better than that? Yet I don't think Buffalo Tom is. <laughs> or Buffalo Springfield. Or Buffalo Springfield. <laughs> For that matter. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, I I don't like that idea. I don't like that idea that uh, I, I'm I'm going to be the la- I'm going to be the last piece of the puzzle. Uh, and we saw it with we saw it with uh, LeBron, and LeBron didn't win anything. And Dwayne Wade has a championship. LeBron doesn't. You know, I, I is Buffalo a better team than the Isles? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and in the last five years, they they sure have been a better team. Great. What, what have they won? And they're they're a year older, and they're losing guys via free agency, and their goaltender's a year older. So please, you know, why don't you why don't you come to a young team on the you know that's up and coming instead of going to a team whose window to win a championship is well, probably passed. Well, you know what? Let's just talk about the elephant in the room, Steve, the Nassau Coliseum. He said it had nothing to do with that. I don't buy it. I don't. I I, I have no problem believing that. I mean, I don't. I don't trust him at all. <laughs> <laughs> you don't trust him as far as you can throw him. Right. Well, that's, that's I, I I understand that. Obviously, you could blame the Coliseum. You could say that the Islanders are a second-rate organization. Who knows where they'll be in five years? But this is a team that made a commitment to its young players. Okay, is a team on up and coming. They have uh, uh, guys signed well past 2015 when their lease is up with the Nassau Coliseum, including one Ricky Pietro. <laughs> Okay, but they've made a commitment to their young players. They signed Grabner. They signed Ocposo. They signed uh, – uh, they're going to extend Tavares. You know, look, it's, it's, it's not as if the Islanders are the franchise they were five years ago. So if you're getting a five-year t- – just say it's about the money. That's all. That's all I ask. Listen, I'm going to give you a, a Dr. E. Rain nugget here. He's been giving us stats between the Isles and the Sabres over the last five years, Buffalo averages 11 more wins a season. Good for them. It's called a window. It's called they're a window. better team. It's called a window of opportunity, and theirs has passed. 
Their all-star goaltender is a year older. Now, please, I mean, we could get into this. Like, I, I can I can ask a ton of NHL people who they think is going to be a better team next year, and I bet you three out of five of them will say the Islanders will have more points than them. I bet you. Okay. More young talent. Window missed. Airhoff, dead. <laughs> Niedermeyer, dead. Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. Oof. Had to get that off my chest. Do you feel better? No, I feel fantastic. I feel it's been bothering you for over a week. It has been bothering me for over a week. That is the number to call if you want to talk to us about baseball or hockey or jerks with contracts or the jerk store uh, calling because they're all out of you. Uh, Cal, uh, let's move on to the baseball nice. Okay. We had a little Subway Series action. Yeah, you know, it never gets old. Got to say. You sure about that? Yeah, actually, it's so old. I, <laughs> I had no interest in that game on Sunday. I really didn't. No? Really? It's a shame. I mean, I did towards the end of it, but... Well, here's what... Here's what the Yankees take two out of three. They take the first two. The Mets uh, take the third game in very dramatic fashion, getting to the great Mariano Rivera late in the, uh, in the, late, in the ninth inning with two outs. Uh, yeah, two nice, strikes. Nice. Look, the Mets are a nice little resilient team, uh, whatever. They're playing hard. They're playing well. One, here's what I want to take out of the Mets, and then I want to move on to the Yankees. Okay. Okay. Because the Yankees, to me, right now, are the more intriguing team, believe it or not. The, the, but the last thing with the Mets, I was looking at this again. I hate to bring up Moneyball, but I'm going to do it again. I know you said you, you got it, right? I'm, yeah, I'm up to Chapter 5 right now. Fantastic. Wow, you're cruising. I'm getting there. I'm fast. I'm reading it right now, actually. I'm not even paying attention to you. <laughs> That's great to know. Excellent. <laughs> Just uh, kidding. No, but uh, the, the Moneyball thing, I was looking at this. I was on the chat with uh, Ruben today again, Cal. You like doing that, don't you? And uh, I like to talk to Mr. Ruben. This is you didn't, the time you I didn't, exchange with Ruben. You didn't cause any problems for him today, did you? No, no. I asked I, what I thought was a very legitimate question. Uh, just in terms of Dave Hudgens, the uh, – Mets hitting instructor, okay, who's a hitting coach for the Oakland A's during the Moneyball years. Mm. And one of the fascinating things about this book, I'm sure that you found as well, is that they had this system for their entire, the Oakland A's entire system. Yeah. I mean, they taught this from A ball up. Like the saying is, you're better off learning how to walk than hitting home runs if you want to get promoted. Like walks will get you promoted faster to the big leagues than home runs will. In that organization, it does, well, yeah. I should say, like, doubles or steals will. Right. Okay, they like home runs, too, because they're instant runs. But uh, it's, it was a fa- it's fascinating to me that they, they ingrained this philosophy from, like, A-ball up. And Bean has a quote later in the book that you'll see, Cal, about, like, the only way I could really put it in place is if I, up, drafted, up, up. I drafted guys while they were in diapers. <laughs> He's like, that's the only way I could really get it done. So anyway, Hudgens – ruin it for me. I don't think I hardly think that's a spoiler. You use spoiler alert first before so, you're gonna. You know, spoiler alert. There might be some people out there that have not read Moneyball. <laughs> it might not just be the two of us. I shouldn't think we're the last two. <laughs> and Doctor Eraser has not read it yet either. It's the three of us. Yeah, it's just the three. Well, pop culture, PJ. No interest. Probably not. Yeah, he's not. He's not reading Moneyball unless we, unless we pay him to. <laughs> or he is a producer. If we got uh, uh, Michael Lewis as a guest, maybe he would read it. 
What if we invoke the, the, the rule that since you're producing our show, you have to read the, That's right. the book? <laughs> if he was like, if, if we were having Michael Lewis on, he would be like Gelman. Right. <laughs> he would have to read it so you know what he was talking about. <laughs> Gelman. <laughs> He'd be like Gelman. Dr. <laughs> Dr. E. Ray has to read it. We issued the Moneyball Challenge. But what I was going to say, Cal, is Hudgens has done an unbelievable job of getting guys on the major league level to buy into uh, this on-base percentage, uh, not making outs, and, and basically uh, getting on base any way you can. The, yeah. Mets, the Mets lead the National League in walks. Mm-hmm. They have 303 walks, Cal. And they're, and they're second in the National League in on-base percentage, and they're third in OPS. Oh, and when you Second in OPS. And, and you know... Just when you watch them, they don't take at bats off. No, you know every at bat. Every at bat is a solid at bat. And the other thing they're doing, which is what the Yankees have done for years, and and is also a big tenet of Moneyball, is making pitchers work. The faster you get to the bullpen, the faster you win. Period. Right. That's right. Yankees have done this for years so successfully and so well. And and as you'll see in the later chapters of Moneyball, Cal, like this is something that they preach as well. But not as much as the Yankees, believe it or not. They just want to get on base. If right. you're making pitcher, if you're making the pitcher throw a lot, you know, if you're taking pitches and only swinging at strikes, the pitcher's going to throw a lot of pitches. But they, <laughs> it seems like a basic principle. It's no? a basic uh, thing, you know. A uh, A plus B equals C. The other thing, I mean, the Mets did it two weeks ago against Verlander, or, or last week, I, I should say, against Verlander. Now they lost that game, but he threw 120 pitches in seven innings. Right. They had a lot of good at-bats against them. They had, they had a number of opportunities. They had guys on base in three or four of those innings. They were one big hit away from actually you know, getting the Verlander, who had been unhittable in June. So all, all I want to say is this, and we're going to have Patrick Flood on next week, Cal. We're going to have him back. It's about P- time. P-Flood. I can't, I can't pull that off. Um, no, Patrick's going to come on with us next week, probably during the All-Star game, and talk to us about the Mets at the halfway point. But... Hudgens has done an unbelievable job, Cal. He has, but I'm, you know, let's let's not give all the credit to, to Dave Hudgens. I mean, this team proves to be very resilient, and and I I you know, I've been I've bought into the resiliency, and I have to say, I have no faith over the weekend after they lost uh, the Saturday game, the game where Reyes got hurt. Yeah. Um, I really thought that that was going to be the beginning of the end of the season. I thought that they weren't going to be able to bounce back from that. And, you know, for eight and two-thirds innings on Sunday, it looked like that was the case. But then they found a way to beat Mariano on Sunday, and now they go out west, and and a nice win over the Dodgers last night, which they always struggle on the West Coast. They they just keep bouncing back, you know, and and that's that's the one thing that you like about this team. And we talked about it last week. They might, they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, they're not, they may finish 500, but they're entertaining to watch, you know? Yep. I know. Absolutely. Now let me pose this to you. You said it real quick and then we'll get to the Yankees in a second. Reyes gets hurt, right? He tweaks his hamstring. Thankfully it's not serious. It's a grade one strain, but, uh, which set off a chain of events and an actual Blackberry fight between you, me and Dr. E. Ray. It was a fight. Uh, it wasn't pretty. No. I I think I was uh, oh definitely overly sensitive. Uh, that's what see what the Yankees do. See what the Yankees do. But um, we got into a little fight about it on Saturday. 
And uh, there I am at Babies R Us texting furiously. Is that where you were during all of that? I was at Babies R Us. That's right. Yeah, I was in Little Bed Bath & Beyond, Little Home Depot. Wow. Uh, but So I'm at Babies R Us trying to buy uh, uh, baby water. Are you familiar with this? Ba- uh, Dr. Iray, as I know it. Uh, yeah, I'm out of the game. Yeah, they got the, the baby water got to buy. What's baby water? It's uh, it's the pure water there, sterile water. Is it? Did Johnson and Johnson just take tap water and put it in that's, a pink bottle and that's say that's correct? Water. That's correct. We water. we use the baby water. That's what we call it. We got to get more baby water. <laughs> Stop oh, it! PJ has Stop to chime in here. <laughs> no good. What? No don't, good? Too much? Don't. No. Hey, don't tell me that you're buying. Sterile water. Not buying sterile water. It's not sterile water. It's baby Arr. water. It's baby water. Baby fish mouth. Is it the water of the baby? Do they squeeze the baby? <laughs> Is it lovely. juice? Baby nectar? It's it's a magic elixir. It's it's it makes your baby grow like a sprout. You don't need any of that. Well, how do you know what I need? You got how water do, in How do you know? Do you have plumbing? Turn the faucet on and fill the bottle with some water. You're Thank done. You. Thank you. You're anyway, done. Anyway, I don't need to take this from you. I got dozens of people dying to abuse me. I knew, I knew, Cal. I knew there was no way I sneak the baby water past Pop Culture PJ. No wow. chance. Of course not. I knew it. This is the guy when I told him that we were, you know, getting ready to have the baby. He said, "Look, you're gonna get the, here's my baby book. They're gonna try to make you feel guilty. Anything, anything that they tell you you need to be a better parent, you do not need. It's true. And you know what? He's been ninety eight percent spot on. It's a, uh, it's all a scam. It's a big racket. It's, but you don't know that until you go through it." That's right. Well, thankfully, I had PJ there to let me know that it's a complete <laughs> racket. I knew he wasn't going to approve of, of baby water, though. Anyway, right. well, uh, we got into this huge, uh, uh, this huge uh, tweet, or uh, I should say, BlackBerry IM war. Cal, after it was all over and the dust had settled, and I, you know, made love out of nothing at all. I I proposed <laughs> I proposed the question first. Does this help or hurt the Mets if it's a tweak? Do they rush him back? Does it change his trade value? Does it change his signing value? Is he suddenly now have the stigma back of being an injury-prone player? Cal, discuss. No. I don't don't think he's got the stigma back. I don't think the stigma is, is stronger now than it was last week. You know, I think he's, he's got the stigma of, of an injury-plagued player. I don't think this injury is going to do anything to it. Um, your question, do they, how, does it, how does it affect the Mets? I, th- I think if he were to be out long-term, it would probably affect the, it would probably help the Mets, believe it or not, you know, because his value would come down a little bit, and maybe, maybe teams would shy away from, from Reyes, you know. Uh, I don't think they can put him out there if he doesn't want to play, though. If he still feels like he's hurt, I don't think they can force him back into the lineup. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think they would do that. I don't think they need to do that anyway, because uh, 
again, he should play when he's healthy, obviously. Don't rush him back. They were lucky enough that it was only a grade one strain. Of course, in 2009, we saw this Cal on the West Coast where he tried to come back too early, and he never came back again. Yeah, I remember that. So let the guy sit out a week. You have the All-Star break next week. You know, if he doesn't play, maybe he plays in the game, maybe he doesn't. He's been hurt for All-Star games before, which stinks. But I, I think it helps them somewhat in that if they were even entertaining notions of trading him at the deadline, July 31st, it's going to give a team pause and maybe uh, give them a little reluctance to give back the prospects that Alderson probably needs. Right. So that means they hold on to him. And it also, if they, if they hold on to him past the trading deadline, Cal, that greatly increases their chances of making him a genuine offer when they have that exclusive window at the end of the world series. Yeah. But I, you really think that ex- exclusive window is, is going to mean anything? Yes, I do. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I think if they come in with, Let's say he comes back next week after the All-Star break, and he's fine, and he plays out the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. All right? And if they make him a genuine market offer of, say, five for five for 100 with a six-year option, he may just take it. It's, it's a hard why, why? Why would he just take it? Why, when because you, how much more is he going to get on the open market, Cal? Steve, when you, when you are days away from free agency, why would you just take the, the first offer that's given to you? Because it might be the it might be the best offer if you have the stigma of you know your legs and injuries to your legs attached to you. Yeah, but I mean the the whole point of this is to get to free agency and see what offers are out there, see what's out on the open market for him. I can't see him just taking the Mets offer, no matter even even if ultimately this is where he wants to be. You know, if if in his mind he wants to wind up with the Mets, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't see him just taking their offer without going going out and seeing you know what he could possibly get. Sit playing the field a little bit. I think I think he's got it, and I think he's earned that right. Quite honestly, the free agency thing is a lot like getting you know like the guy who gets out of a, a fifteen year marriage. You know, like he got, but he got married at like eighteen. And let's say that let's say the twelve year marriage, and he got married at twenty. Okay, so now he's 32 and he's 32. out of a marriage. And he hasn't known anything else right. since he was 20. Right. And then all of a sudden he's out there. He's got a small window to uh, go to counseling, say, with the wife. Right? right. He's got a small – but he, you know, he would do the counseling, but would he not go to free agency? Well, here, here let's, let's use this example. He's a tweezer. He's – 32 years old, just out of a 12-year marriage. Right. And the first person that he comes upon is, insert Hollywood starlet here. I don't know. Whoever whoever you want to say. Megan Fox. Uh, Right. Uh, Liz Taylor. Right? So. (laughs) Sure, sure. Sounds good, Cal. Keep going. Does he, and now he's got the opportunity to marry. Okay, let's say Megan Fox. He's got the opportunity to marry Megan Fox right then and there. I want to leave it Elizabeth Taylor. Go on. You want to go Liz, Liz Taylor? I do. These have always brought me luck. <laughs> um, as she puts her breasts on the table. <laughs> does he? Does he? Does he marry? Well, you can't use Liz Taylor for that example. No. Of course, he'd marry Liz Taylor. Would he marry Megan Fox right then and there without playing the field? 
What would he do? I like where you're going with this. Well, that's so the question. I mean, that's the yeah. question. No, that's the question. Do you or do you see if there's uh, somebody else out there? That's it's a hot, right? <laughs> that's true, but it is like being. It's like it's like getting out of a a, a long term marriage. It's a great yeah. It's a gr- I mean, it's a great offer. Could could very well be the best offer you get. But how do you just take it sight unseen without knowing what else is out there? How do you know Blake Lively's not around the corner? Or Gene Harlow? How do you how, how, how do you know Jane Russell is not free? You don't know. What if what if what if Brooklyn Decker is mar- uh, is breaking up with uh, Andy Roddick? That Faye Dunaway is a handsome broad. She is she is very handsome. She's chiseled. Chiseled. <laughs> What if, what if Sophia Loren, okay, oh. who's who's exotic, by the way. Sure is. Yeah, I know. No, the the point is your your point is absolutely well taken, and I I appreciate you taking my analogy. I did take your analogy. I'm no, sure. and 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 making it perfect so much so that. Really? How Stradamus. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yes. Yes. You are. No, no, that was that was perfect. You took my analogy of getting out of a marriage. Megan Fox comes along. She's throwing it at you. Do you just say, or I've been in a marriage for 12 years. Who knows what else could be out there? What, what do I do? I, I, I don't know what to do. That's the Mets offering Jose Reyes six years at 120. Right. Do I take it? What do I do? That's going to get better. Fox. Right. The Mets are Megan Fox in this scenario. That's right. That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that just <laughs> Four two four two two zero eighteen seventeen. The number to call. Okay, so we're, I I agree with you, Cal. I don't think it hurts uh, the Mets' chances. I think if Reyes winds up having this be a sort of uh, you know sort of chronic thing throughout the season, then I got to be honest with you, the Mets' fortunes are greatly improved. Uh, in order to resign so him, yeah, stop. it would help. Yeah, it would help. No, it nobody's, would, nobody's yeah, wishing for that. No, it would hurt their, it would hurt them this year, but it would give them a better chance to resign him. Now, let me ask you a question, and then we got to move on to the Yankees. Yes, with Reyes. Sure. What do you do with him right now? Do you put him on the disabled list? He's not playing again tonight. He didn't even run today. Do you put him on the disabled list? Let him rest through the All Star break, and then just bring him back, or or do you just you continue to go day by day with him? You know, I, they have. Uh, six games until the break, obviously, the rest of this week. They have three more in uh, Los Angeles, and then they have a weekend series with the Giants. I I don't have a problem, uh, you know, playing short against the Dodgers. I think if Friday night he can't go in San Francisco, then you DL him. Okay, you can you can make it retroactive to his last game played, which was Saturday. Right, so you can make it retroactive to Saturday because he hasn't played, right? Um, and nothing really lost there, but uh, you, but you give it, you give it a go on Friday. I don't mind playing. This is not. I don't mind playing shorthanded against the Dodgers. I do mind playing shorthanded against the Giants and the Phillies, because because when they come back from the break, they'd be playing the Phillies. Yes, that's right. But would that be? Oh, but he would be. He would be on the DL at that point. Right. That's right. And and, and and if that happened, you'd have to DL him. Obviously, if he's not back in five days, obviously it's it's a it's a, a problem that needs ten more days of rest. So I, I think you wait till Friday. You know, I think you wait till Friday, and then you and then you see what you know you see what happens. Right. 
But, uh, you know, they are definitely having an interesting time on the West Coast. They started out with a win last year. This is where the season came to an end. They went out on that West Coast trip seven games above 500. They came home at 500. They went two and nine. Okay, so it's going to be an interesting time for the Mets. If they can get through these seven games and go four and three into the break uh, and and be a game or two over – they'd be a game over 500 going into the break. Yeah, but the Caleb Braves are running away with this. Yeah, I think they are. The Braves are going to run away and hide without a doubt. Uh, that's the thing. As, as good a season as they're having, are they better than the Braves? They're not. No. So they're not going to catch them. Certainly not. And on the heels of that, let me break a little news. Do it. While break I'm, it. I'm, uh, our good friend Annie Martino of the Daily News. I love him. Has posted a story that uh, Sandy Alderson is shopping his three top relief pitchers, Francisco Rodriguez, Jason Isringhausen, and Tim Burdak. He has made it clear that they are very much available. So maybe to, this is the, maybe this is the beginning of to whoever wants them. So what did he send out? Do, 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 do. Attention all ships at sea. Gas was available. And that's not putting, I mean, what did he send out? An APB? I, I don't understand. It's a source. A source is... Oh, a source. Two, I'm sorry. Two, ma- two major league sources. Oh, multiple. So that's a story you run with. Yes. Ah, so they're available. As opposed to yesterday when they weren't available. Well, I'm just saying... Oh, so you're just saying. Look, that, that means we don't have to pay attention to a word you're saying. Right. I'm just saying, it's, according to two major league sources familiar with the Mets' thinking, Sandy Alderson and his staff have made clear to other teams that they are shopping closer Francisco Rodriguez, set-up man Jason Isringhausen, and left-handed specialist Tim Burdak. I have no problem with them tra- trading K-Rod tomorrow. None. They could, actually, they could trade all three of them, actually. Uh, I'd like to keep Isringhausen around, and Burdak has a tremendous mustache. That's okay. Get rid of him. But the, the point is, does this signal the beginning of the fire sale that everybody is clamoring for in the media? It must. What? Come on. But they were available yesterday. This this 500 team is boring. Let's Let's shake it up. Let's see the fire sale. Come on. I smell sarcasm. What? It, it, is, it is thick. No. <laughs> your, your sarcasm is thick and rich. I'm sorry. And filling. <laughs> uh, well, uh, again, move K-Rod. I have no problem. In fact, move to the Yankees. Go ahead. That's, that's where I, I would have no problem with them training the Yankees. No problem. I agree. I agree. And the Yankees Speaking could use although Dave Robertson has been ridiculous. Speaking of the Yankees... Yes, let's move on to the Yankees, who are drubbing the Cleveland Indians uh, yeah. evening after losing yesterday. So they split the first two games of that series. Um, and uh, the, the Yankees, after seeing them this weekend, uh, Jeter came back last night. Uh, Eduardo Nunez uh, made me remember his name <laughs> last week, not so much. And uh, the, guy went, the guy went 14 for 16 in two games. Right. Before he tweaked his uh, hamstring, it was going around. Something in the water at shortstop at City Field. Yeah, but, well, uh, Cal, this this team is is was on cruise control without Jeter. Right. Now Derek Jeter comes back. Is the three thousand thing too much? 
Are we no. ready? I, I'm so ready for that to be over. Oh, yeah. Oh, is it too much? Yes, from that perspective, I'm ready for it to be over also. I don't think it's too much for the team. I don't think it's a distraction or anything. Yeah, they don't care. They they could care less. They 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 just don't care. They um they're cruising. Nine nothing tonight. CC Sabathia again with ten strikeouts. I mean he's he he if you want to talk about under the radar, um he's got an opt out clause in his contract at the end of the season. Well what what? Yes, I know. Remember? Right. Yeah, so what happens there? If you're CC you opt out. And get cash in. Cash men? Cash. <laughs> oh, Cal. See what I did? <laughs> I do. Everybody yeah. saw what you did. Yeah, that came from a mile away. Um, <laughs> no, if you're CC, right, you, ca- you you opt out and make them re-sign you. Yeah. To whatever you want. And add, add two years and another $25 million. A year. I mean, without yeah. a doubt. Not to mention, he's pitching. I mean, him not making the All-Star team is a joke. It's a joke. He's got like 11 wins. Now it's going to be 12 wins. It he is a joke. He's making the All-Star team? I, 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 you know, I didn't really study the roster, so I don't know who made it over him. Right, but I'm sure somebody could have been sent home. The problem is they hit six Yankees already. So have seven. I mean, but how about having the guys that deserve to go? Well, then Jeter doesn't deserve to go. No, Jeter does not, but he was voted in by the fans, right? which is well, nonsense. I think, that's an, I think that's another topic at some point that I want to touch on with you. Okay. I've been want, and I've been wanting to do this now for uh, a year and a half, and we've never, we've never gotten, gotten around to it. Right. Every time I bring it up, everybody's like, yeah, I guess. All-Star Games. Yes. I really want to talk about All-Star Games and how they yeah, have – I guess. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. We'll talk, just... we'll, talk, we'll talk about it next week because next week is the All-Star, All-Star Games. Game. <laughs> right. And instead of watching the All-Star Game, we'll be talking on the computer. That's right. We'll be talk- yeah. uh, talking on WBTR. WBTR. Live Talk Radio. Coming to you live. Um, are, the, are the Yankees running away with this, Steve? No. No, certainly not. I mean, I don't think the Red Sox will, will, will allow them to. But what they are running away with, the Sox and Yankees both. Is anybody's wild card? You know, anybody having a shot at the wild card? Now, Tampa has three coming up with the Yankees that are it's must win. It's a must win situation. Can you call it must win in July? Tampa's in like a must sweep situation. I mean, they're they're only eleven or twelve games over five hundred. Yeah. So the I I don't think the Yankees are running away. I think the Yankees and Red Sox are running away with the wild card, basically. Um, which basically also, I'm going to say basically again, no, which means for the teams in the Central, the Tigers of the world, the White Sox, etc., there's only one way into the playoffs, baby. That's Buying a it. ticket? That's, no, you win your division. That's it. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's shaping up to be a very nice race in the AL Central because the White Sox are starting to get back in it. The Tigers are, you know, the Tigers and Indians are switching, you know, flip-flopping on first place. Right, it's starting to be a nice little race, Cal. Who doesn't love a good AL Central race? I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. If you don't, I will fight you. <laughs> if you don't, you're wrong. You're absolutely. Wrong. You know who doesn't like a good AL Central race? Who? The Bishop. I don't believe it. Yep, doesn't like it. Doesn't care. I... Doesn't care for the Twins. 
does not care for the White Sox. And he strikes me as the guy that if you presented a fair and balanced race in front of him, he'd appreciate that. A good, solid pennant race? Yeah. You know, he's uh, this is a guy who doesn't go for baby water. That's a scam. He doesn't believe in it. So I think he he would think the whole AL Central is a scam. (laughs) The Twins have been putting one over on all of us for a number of years now. Well, the Twins, I think they 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 are still eight and a half games out. So they they, what? And who says they can't roll off twenty of twenty five? I guess they could. We've seen them do it before. I guess they could. All I'm saying is this. I don't think that the Yankees – it's a great question. I don't think the Yankees are going to run away with anything, but I think the Yankees and Red Sox are going to run away with the wild card, and that's going to be tough sledding for everybody else in the American League. And in the National League, as we said, the Braves have 50 wins. 51. 51. There, there's only three teams with 50 wins in baseball. The Yankees, the Phillies, and the Braves. And the Red Sox now have 50. The Red Sox got to 50 tonight? Right. Yeah, so there you go. So the Bravos are completely running away with the wild card. Which means the Mets are really not actually in contention. Now, Cal, lastly on the Yankees, and then we're going to move to the fun Lodian. Um, The last thing on the Yankees I will ask is that pitching staff has obviously done a great job. We saw, as Mets fans, we saw Bartolo Colon and Freddy Garcia both pitch really well. Um. And and we keep waiting for the other shoe to drop with these two guys. Yeah, I know Cologne was on the DL for a little bit because he's so in shape. Uh, <laughs> my my strategy going against Bartolo Cologne this year would be to bunt <laughs> between the pitcher's mound and first base 26 straight times. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because there was a play in the game on Saturday where Dylan G came up in a scoreless game. Ah, uh, yes. Do you know the play I'm talking about? I do. Bases loaded, one out, scoreless game, fifth inning, yep. and Dylan G comes up, and I was screaming for him to be bunting there because I was afraid he was going to hit into a double play if he swung away. But you can't bunt there, Cal. It's a suicide squeeze. It's then a squeeze because there's a force at home. It's a squeeze, but it's but it's um but it's Jason Bay running from third, and you've got a guy just off the disabled list with a hamstring issue pitching. You know, he pushed the, push the ball to first base, make Cologne get off the, off the but, mound. But it turns out he, they didn't do that because there's a gentleman's agreement not to bunt on an injured pitcher. All right. Un, unwritten Stop. rule. Stop. Unwritten rule. Let's, let's Stop split. right there. Oh. Who, said, who said this rule? It was speculated. That, that, is, that is an unwritten rule. I, I, you've never heard that one? You're not, bunting on bunt, an, you're not supposed to bunt on an injured pitcher. Not in that spot. I mean, I've, I've I've sort of heard that before. I mean, they did it right. with R.A. Dickey a little bit earlier this year when he right. had the, the plantar facetious uh, in his foot or whatever. I that's right. I don't think that's accurate. Uh, <laughs> but no, they they did it with Dickey. Like, they, they didn't right. bust on Dickey. They could have, though. They could have. Uh, and, and I think in that spot, in the fifth inning of a tie game, of a 0-0 game, uh, which would be the same thing as a tie, I, I think that goes out the window. But the, but your your problem is not the uh, the fact that he bunt to bunt or not to bunt. The guys, the baseball boys, were talking about this today on email. One of the guys brought it up. Like, what do you do? I thought you should have. He thought you should have pinch hit for G there. 
and you maybe try to break the game open. Maybe it's your best shot. I said uh, my my take was there's no way you pinch hit there. No, you because, can't. Yeah, you know, because G is throwing a solid, solid game up until that point. And it's very easy to say that when he gives up four runs the next inning. Right. And which which one of the guys made a great point may have happened because he hit into the double play. I mean, it looked like he was still carrying it a little bit. That he had hit into the double play and he was still a little miffed by it. And they they knocked him around a little bit, but he clearly lost focus. The first batter of the inning hit a home run. That's true. Um, but what I said you do there is the older a weaver, which is whatever you do, don't swing the bat. Like whatever you right. do, strike out. Your, your, your best course of action there is to strike out. Ruben Tejada on deck for Jose Reyes or not. Right. The best thing to have him do is to go up there and take three pitches and then go sit back down. Right. What, whatever you do, don't, don't hit swing the bat. Play. Yeah, don't swing the bat. Yeah, because you're not – nothing good can come out of you swinging the bat. He's not a good hitting pitcher. Exactly. It's not like it's Micah Owings up there or something like that. I mean, if it's right. Von Hernandez, then you let him swing the bat and you take your chances. Okay, but Dylan G is not Levon Hernandez. No. Uh, clearly. So I'm sorry, I got off into a... No, no, uh, it, was, it was a great actual... You know, this is why baseball is great. You watch the game, you talk about it the next day. It was a, a strategic situation where, do you pinch hit, do you not pinch hit? Like, that's when, when, when people say that managers in baseball have no effect on a game. I, I'm sorry, I, that's not true. Do they have the Do they have the influence that a football head coach has? No, of course not. Right. You know, do they have even even maybe a basketball head coach? No. Uh, you know, it, I think the only coach who has less of an influence is probably a hockey coach, <laughs> head coach, wow. in, in in the NHL. But even in the NHL, he's got lines to to choose. He's got when the lines go out. But you can't say a manager has no control over a game. I mean, Terry Collins has a huge amount of control over that game right there. I agree. In that spot, he can pinch hit for Dylan G. He could change the whole course of the game. Right. So uh, there was an interesting spot there. But uh, Bartolo Colon and, and Freddie Garcia are holding up, Cal. They're holding up. They have so far. What is the line like outside that doctor's office, by the way? <laughs> that performed the shoulder surgery on Freddie Garcia on, uh, Bartolo Colon. Man. Like we we we've we've joked on this show how there's probably not a big enough cup for Jose Bautista to pee in. Like we probably can't get enough urine from Jose Bautista to buy that he's not. But Bartolo Colon has he's throwing 96 miles an hour in the seventh inning. Uh huh. I mean, come on. I mean, the whole game he just brings it. It's crazy. Enough. I mean, come on. Well, let me. Let, has polio string cheese left for ligaments in his freaking shoulder. I mean, come on. Hey, last thing on the Yankees for me. What sure. do you think? What do you think of their decision to send down Ivan Nova? Yeah, curiosity to bring Hughes back. Hey, Nova must have been like, well, what do I got? What, what? What's the guy got to do? Yeah, he's got options. That's that's really the only right. Nova, Nova's, Nova's eight and four. Is he not? I think he's eight and four. Yeah, he had eight wins for sure. He's got an ERA. Maybe Doctor Uri can look that up for us. Probably not though. <laughs> okay. But he's got a uh, he's got, he's got eight and four. He's probably got an ERA hovering around four or something. But he's pitched really well. He's pitched very well. Uh, but but what do you, I mean? It's the Hughes infatuation. 
What do you well? What are you going to do if he's healthy? What are you going to do? You have to put him back in the rotation, right? I guess you have to. And then the other thing you, you would have to do is is take either Colon or Garcia and put him in the bullpen. Right. You're not going to do that for either one of those guys as well as their pitches. No. So Nova, you know, at least this way here, Nova goes down to AAA. He can still pitch every five days, and if they need him later in the season, he'd be a nice little injection into that into that staff. That sounded filthy when you said that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's just because of the way you phrased it. Like Perhaps that, I should rephrase that. That made me uncomfortable. Using these, using these, using using that uh, that word, he'll be what? injected into the lineup. Injected into the staff. <laughs> Man, I'm no. blushing. I am blushing. I, I, I meant nothing by it, really. Filthy. That's dirty. Do you know what that song is? It's dirty. We should be some like like some sort of shock jock show and play some kind of you know weird sound effects every time we say something like that. <laughs> Bingo and the baby. Um. Anyway, uh, the the Yankees uh, with a big win tonight over uh, the Indians, uh, who they just despite yesterday's loss just own. They own them. I mean, just own. Every time the Indians start to feel a little good about themselves, the Yankees are like, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> wow, that was a heavy-duty Yankee sigh. <laughs> it, sh- it should be noted that all of Cal's texts and IMs when the Mets are playing the Yankees sound like that. <laughs> like, that's the that's actual sound bite that I get. When when I click on you know instead of like a a beep or something like that I get a <sighs> God <sighs> when there's a new message about the Met Yankee game I get <sighs> uh, Sabathia Sabathia twelve and four seventeen hits for the Yankees tonight Grandy with two home runs twenty four and twenty five Cal how good has he been Grandy Grandy's been good Grandy's been good. Big article, big article today about um, uh, on uh, ESPN New York Cal about the two players, the type of players on the Yankees that the Mets should be chasing. Who's that, Steve? Robertson and Gardner. That oh, these are the players. This was a whole article lecturing the Mets on rights. This is who you need. Yeah, just to, just to remind you how much better the other team in town is. You need to start picking up players like them. Yeah, that's right. And 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 the, one of the biggest reasons is because they're cost effective, right? Because the Mets can't afford they can they can't afford it. So they need players like the Yankees, Gardner, and and somebody said in this article that Gardner's a tremendous left fielder with a great arm. Now I know he's an excellent left fielder as far as getting a jump. He proved it in City Field. He played a fantastic left field. Made a couple of great catches. He gets a great jump on the ball. But let's calm down with his arm. Really? Well, as a left fielder, he's got a great arm. I guess. You put your weakest arm in left field. So if you if you match him up against the other 29 left fielders in the game, I bet you he comes out in the top 15. <laughs> <laughs> great. So that Wow. He's, he's a top 15 left fielder. Arm wise, so so if you if you go by that logic, then that that quote was accurate. I guess. Well, uh, the the quote that he has a hose, yeah, that's not accurate. No, he does not have a hose. 
No, he doesn't. Uh, anyway, uh, that was a, a great article to read for the Mets fan. This is what yeah. you're supposed to – it's not enough that the Yankees have an all-star right. at every other position. You should yeah. be going for their scrubs. And people want to know – well, they're not scrubs, Steve. They're, they're, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're, they're, but, they're but, but, young talent. But listen, people want to know why Mets fans have a complex. It's because it, it continues to be perpetuated every possible opportunity yeah. to be reminded that, that you know, you, you, you might want to do what they're doing. If you do what, what uh, let me give you a hint. You do what they're doing, you might be okay. In a couple of years. In a couple of years. Yeah. One of the uh one of the Yankee fans when we were having this this talk today about uh Mets and Yankees subway series again with the baseball guys. The baseball bunch. Why don't why don't we just call them the baseball bunch? Why not? What, what are we waiting for? That's just, oh wait, you know what that means, Cal. What? There you go. That's not the baseball bunch, but that's this week in baseball. Anytime I talk about the baseball bunch, I'm going to use that soundbite. How's that? You can't you can't have a texting group with the baseball bunch for one very obvious reason. Why? The San Diego chicken does not have opposable thumbs. Would <laughs> never work. And Johnny Bench is afraid of technology. Well, that's uh, everybody knows that Johnny Bench is a complete luddite. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I think that's common knowledge throughout baseball. Um, <laughs> one of the Yankee fans, and and he has a good point, and he is not a Met hater. This guy, it's a, actually is our old buddy Hubie. Oh, okay. he's a Yankee fan. I didn't know that. He's a very big Yankee fan, but he's a great baseball fan, a lot like Doctor Ray. You know what I mean? He doesn't hate on the Mets. He just, okay. you know, uh, uh, but he's he makes a great point. You know, the Mets. Met fans starting a Yankee suck chant when the Mets are playing the Marlins, right, is pathetic, and it is. I totally agree with that. You know, he says that he said today that the Met fan has an unhealthy fascination with the Yankee with the Yankees. I agree, and he said you should be more focused on the Phillies. Like Yankee fans don't care about the Mets; they care about the Red Sox. Now, I I don't necessarily agree with that. I think every Yankee fan that says not every, but most Yankee fans that say, "Oh, I don't care if the Mets are good." Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Because if the, whenever the Mets start to get a little good, like put it to the, put it to you this way: 2006, when the Yankees lost in the first round and the Mets right. were in the NLCS, I and mean, they weren't really happy with that. I didn't see any Yankee fans wearing Met hats uh, or, or rooting for the Mets. In fact, I, I know a number of them who were rooting very hard for the Cardinals. Yeah, I agree. So it's easy to say that because it never happens, <laughs> you know. But he, uh, he's, you know, he does have a good point in that they, the fascination with the Yankees is unhealthy. You know, it's, it's, it's. We should be focus our dislike on the Phillies as a Met fan, or on the Braves and the Yankees. But the, it's the sense of entitlement we've talked about, it, Cal. I know. It's the entitlement. It's the it's the twenty eight year old Yankee fan who thinks that the team has never lost a game, right? Or never had a bad season, and that's the person who's difficult. But to each his own. Everybody's allowed to like what they like, aren't they? Yeah. Is that it? Was that was that some piece of wisdom there, or what? I don't know. <laughs> what that was? I don't know either. But you know what I do know? What do you know? I know this. Time for a fun load, baby. Time for a fun load.
It's not over yet. So, in, right. in case the song didn't give it away, uh, it's time for the fun load, baby. Uh, tonight's fun load is brought to you by the letter L and the number <laughs> six, 16. Somebody somebody has a seven-month-old. Um, I feel like everything should be brought to me by a number and a letter these days. Why is, by, Murray, by Murray? By Murray, that's correct. I thought, by the way, what Dr. E. Ray was spinning the other day about Mark Elmo, <laughs> some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen in my life. Before we, before we get to the fun, though, we just have to say this. Uh, PJ, we were talking about, I I was telling them that Wesley likes, seems to like uh, Murray better than Elmo. And okay. Murray is, is sort of like the MC of Sesame Street now, because your kids are a little past Sesame Street age. Um, but Murray is the MC of Sesame Street. You know, he sort of introduces the number and the letter, et cetera, et cetera. And Dr. E. Ray, spec- I, I said, should I be worried? You know, and Dr. E. Ray speculated that, look, Murray and I wish I could read it. It was so brilliant. But Murray and Elmo clearly went in on the auditions together, you know, for, for the gig that Elmo wound up getting. Right. Everybody knew that. Right. And they, they sort of threw Murray a bone and gave him like the MC gig. But he's clearly unhappy with it. Years in rehab. He's the guy who wasn't good enough to be Anchorman, so he gets to do the man on the street. That's correct. Right. That's exactly yeah. right. And and Elmo has blown up into this mega huge star. That's right. And, and Murray gets sent out into the hurricane. <laughs> Murray is this bitter Muppet who has to be on the street introducing the letter Q as the letter of the day. <laughs> and, and, you know... But, Dr. E. Ray speculated that, you know, after the rehab and everything, they tried to get him back on Sesame Street. It's really funny. <laughs> anyway, tonight's uh, fun load, very seriously, is brought to you by uh, Patrick Flood's blog on SNY. Check out Patrick Flood's SNY Mets blog. Go to www.metsblog.com and go under SNY blogs, and you'll see Patrick Flood's blog. Uh, he writes a great blog for the Mets. We're going to have him on next week. We've had him on before, and uh, he's awesome. So he is the fun load sponsor, whether he knows it or not. Now, <laughs> the hey, fun may, load. I make a note, may I make a note as, as your board op slash producer? Please. You don't you don't need to sit back and and play the whole fun load theme. You, we can we can start it low, and you can just talk over it. Can, you, you see, you seem to be, you seem to be thinking that it's it's very long. But we're enjoying it. <laughs> I think is, maybe is it, is, is it too long? Is it over long? Should I should I cut no. it back? No, absolutely not. We can start talking over it though. But I think right now right. we just we just enjoy listening it uh, listening to it so much that we let it play you were, out. You were soaking it in. Well, that's nice. We take it in night. Well, because every week that we've listened to it since you created it. I hear something new. Like, ooh, where did that voice come from that's saying fun load, baby? It's got 246 tracks. <laughs> it's it's Bohemian Rhapsody. It, yes. <laughs> I just saw a Biography Channel two-hour special on Queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. Really? And wow. it is in that vein that there is none too big when it comes to producing bits for Ready to Unload. 
We've talked about – you know what? We're going to bring up Queen again in a second. I'll, I'll tell you why. We've talked about Brian May on this show before because I listened to a uh, – uh, I heard him on Fresh Air. It was like a year ago uh, on NPR, you know? Right. You were the, the guy. Sure. The, the guy is The guy is unbelievably fascinating. They had to talk about this in the biography. Like he's got like a doctorate and a PhD in astrophysics or something ridiculous and numerology and he's he's like a crazy wizard scientist guitar god. He's a bit of an astrophysicist. He dabbles. He's got a big old brain. He, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got numerous degrees. Guitar is not all he does. He had no problem with a fallback career if he needed one. Yeah, and astrophysics could have strolled right into MIT. <laughs> Right, exactly. You don't see yeah. that a lot in a, in a guy with such great hair. Fabulous hair. Oh, he still he still has good hair, doesn't he? They're magnificent. Absolutely. Well, you can speak to this, Peach, and then we'll get to the actual fun load. But there's a certain there are certain guitarists that just have a sound <clears throat> that you know it's them. You okay there? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> That's an understatement. When you hit an understatement that hard, I had I have to guffaw and fly. Right. We don't have a sound clip for that, apparently. We'll have one next week when, when there's a big <laughs> understatement. Me going. <sighs> right. But he, he has – there's a, the Brian May sound. You always know it's a Queen song by the guitar sound, mm-hmm. which, he, which he apparently built the amp to make. Like he, built he, – uh, yeah, customized his guitar, customized his amp, and he also uh, plays with, instead of a pick, he plays with a, uh, I don't know, a sixpence, thing, I think, maybe? A sixpence? A I co- okay. Yeah, it's, it's a coin no longer in circulation, but obviously people have them. A hay penny? Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. He I know it's British. a coin. It's like, you know, it's something about as big as a subway token. He is British. All right, on to the fun load. Uh, tonight's fun load. <laughs> Not that they use subway tokens anymore. Yeah, I know. That's another one. Subway I use token. that to illustrate. That? He plays with know. a Metro card. That's right. That's Well, <laughs> the last time I rode the subway, I had tokens. <laughs> um, now, the, the fun load tonight, Dr. E-Ray had actually brought this up to me during the week and it's I want to bring it up to you guys uh Peach I know we haven't touched on it uh with you but let me just throw it out to uh, there to you guys and then we're going to tie it into sports as well okay and here's the idea Dr. Ray hits me with a text message on the uh the bad phone Cal don't be offended it was on the no. personal line that's fine <laughs> <laughs> now we 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 all from time to time we we yeah. go on the personal line. That's right. Everyone's yeah. That's it. Um, but he, it was uh, a classic. It was out of nowhere. He's like, "Gun to your head." The Beatles are playing your living room. Like they're gonna, you can have the Beatles play in your living room for you, and you get to choose right. one song. You have to choose one song for the Beatles to play in your living room. Go. Wow. And I thought I I just thought this was a magnificent idea because a you can do it for a ton of bands, mm-hmm. and then b we were talking about linking it to sports, and Doctor Ire had the perfect idea it was like a okay, and <laughs> b who did that? Son of a. Didn't do that. <laughs> well, I said a and b, so it just triggers it. 
It, it it's automatic, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Voice activated. But you can do with a ton of bands, but you can also tie it into sports. So you say, okay, you can have a catch in your backyard with anyone. Who do you have a catch with? You know, you can catch passes from somebody down at the park, uh, you know, for a couple hours. Who Who is it? Or you could play one round of golf with a guy. You know, who is it? Right. So so let's – here's the way I think we could do this. Let's start with uh, – we each get to ask each other like two bands. Okay. Two two bands? Right. Two bands going to play in your living room. We can't repeat bands. Oh. Okay. And you get like – 15 seconds, you got to just shoot it out. Like, what song do you want them to play? Okay. And then we'll do some sports ones. All right? So let may, me... Let me may, get I, may I ask, since I am a musician, am I allowed to play along, or am I there just to watch and soak it in? You son of a gun, you little biscuit. I asked Dr. E. Ray the same... I asked... That was my first question to Evan about the Beatles thing. Because you can't That's ask it. us those, those kind of... Because we'll go grab the guitar. That's it. I said, can, can I play along with them? And the answer is unequivocally, no. Ooh, you just get to watch. That's it. It no, changes. E Ray is a big D. I, he, <laughs> the big D lights up on the scoreboard. D Ray. <laughs> but he's but he's right though. It changes it. And he knew that. He knew I was going to ask him that because we we are musicians. And my first thought with the Beatles was, I want to do Hey Jude and I want to join in. Yeah. Right. Or I want to do Hey Jude, and I want to play drums on it, like the all-star band at the end of a charity concert. Right. <laughs> All right. So I'll get the ball rolling. I'll go with Cal. Ah. Uh, okay. You got to give me. I got to come up with two bands. Oh, no, I'm. I'm going to give you the band. You tell me. They're playing in your living room. You tell me what song you want them to do. Oh, you're going to give me the band. Okay. The band. All right. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. I'm excited. Okay, the band is Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. I knew you were going to say that. Pearl Jam is playing in your living room. You get to choose the song they play. What is it, Cal? Yellow Lead Better. Wow. Well done. Well played. See, this is how this game works. See, I knew that I was like coming. It. That's why I had it on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, it, it's fun to play this game with people you know really well because you knew what band I was going to ask you. I know. All right, PJ, go ahead. I'll, I'll I'll put one to you, or, or should I, you, you want my Pearl Jam answer, or do you want? Uh, no, no, yeah. Now you. you put you put a band to me, and we we can't repeat Sound, bands here. Soundgarden. Oh, you monkey! Wow. Uh, really? The language tonight, really. <laughs> uh, the first oh uh, the uh, outshined. Hmm. I'm going outshined. I love that song. Just to hear Chris Cornell scream, I'm I'm looking California, but I'm feeling Minnesota in my living room. One of my favorite one of my favorite lines in a song of all time. Well, that's good. That'll get you. You know, you'll cheer them on. Yeah, I love it. He did it. Okay, now Cal, your living room. Exactly. Now, Cal, watch me make PJ's head explode right here on Blog Talk Radio live on Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. Okay, you ready? Go. Pink Floyd. <laughs> One song. You think, you think you're funny. Oh, I know I'm funny. Echoes. Quickly. Echoes. Wow. Wow. 
there's no time limit, right? I could give him a song longer than ten minutes. <laughs> I I think you would be encouraged to. You'd want to it last as long as possible. I think I they're there that. for I mean, the you know, afternoon. That, <laughs> that that would be that would be the you know well, did I die and go to heaven? I'm not so sure. That would be that kind of song right there right. for me. Right. That's okay. I love it. I love it. All right, Cal. You. Right. Uh, I got one for you then, Steve. Okay. All right. All right. Ready? Huh? Van Halen. Oh. I didn't skip the leave. Go to Steve. <laughs> for pure entertainment, Van Halen, one of my first love bands. When I was like in fifth grade, I got night or Scott, my older brother, had 1984. I think this is, you know, true of a lot of people who have older or younger siblings or whatever. Um, you influence the music they listen to. I listened to. I wanted to listen to anything my brother did. He had 1984 on vinyl. For those of you who have never heard of that. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the format before CDs. Um, and uh, nineteen eighty four. You know what I gotta go with though? Just again for sheer entertainment value. I'm gonna go drop dead legs. <laughs> oh boy! Wow! Deep cuts by Jack Handy. <laughs> that was deep. I like that though. Yep. The album is bleeding. All right. Uh. Let me give another one to Cal here. You ready? Okay. All right, Cal. Led Zeppelin. Do you sell out? <laughs> no. Just to hear them do it once more live. No. I have them do Fool in the Rain. Ooh. That's tasty. That's nice. I did not see that coming. Well done. Thank you. All right, we need one for we need another one for PJ Cal. What do you got? PJ, oh boy. Um, Rolling Stones, PJ. Oof. Oof. There's another band that would be asked never to return. No. <laughs> I have I have a love hate uh, relationship with the Rolling Stones. It's funny because they have that with you too. They are. You know what? I've gotten some terse letters from them telling me to cut it out. It's in the Keith Richards book, I thought. There's like yeah. a whole chapter on how some days they just love the bishop, others no. <laughs> yeah. I'd, um, I'd go mellow. I'd go mellow on the stones, and I would ask them to do Angie. Nice. That's a great call. Yeah. That, that was excellent call. All right, let's right, let's, we can wrap this up and go to sports. We'll all take this one. Okay. The Beatles. The Beatles are, are uh, John Lennon and George Harrison are alive, and they are playing in your living room. You get one song. PJ, what are the Beatles playing in, free, in Freehold, New Jersey? With the Beatles, I'm a nut about the harmonies, so I would ask for a song like uh, Because... Oh, nice! Wow, just to get yeah. excellent. Cal, all, what my picks tonight, all my picks tonight are very mellow. I'm not. I, I'm not normally like that. Yeah. But. Well, it is your living room. <laughs> you, do want to take, you don't have a huge living room. You yeah. want to take into I'm, account. I'm on the futon. It's true. It's true. <laughs> like I'm going to have them doing drop dead legs in my living room. <laughs> I'm going to have some very. <laughs> I'm going to have some very upset neighbors. This is you should be have sound show, by the way. 
We're, we're going to do a rock <laughs> show soon uh, with live bands. We're going to call it Live from the Futon. Live from the Futon. It's going to be us on the couch just calling out requests. <laughs> uh, Cal, what do you got for the Beatles? Uh, I got to go Mellow, too. Blackbird. Oh, man. Wow, you guys have. You, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with why don't we do it? At, no, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna. Uh, boy, I would either go. No, I gotta choose one. You gotta choose one. You can't do that. I would really want something that they never got to do live. So it would have to be post Sergeant Pepper's, obviously. Right. And 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 uh, you know what I'm gonna go with? You guys might be surprised. I'm going Strawberry Fields. I think That's not surprising. I think it would be super cool to see Strawberry Fields in my living room. It would be cool. That's a good pick. Please put that on the list of, of sentences that have never been said before. <laughs> I think it would be cool to see them perform Strawberry Fields in my living room. That's correct. Plus, you'd have John right in front of you so you could figure out whether or not he actually said, I buried Paul. That's right. We could finally put that mystery to bed. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. I like it. Okay, now, so if we if we turn it over to sports, that's fun, by the way. That's a good time, isn't it? I like could, that. I mean, I could, I could, we could go all night with that. Oh yeah. You know, I'm sure the well, people. I, you know what? It, I I would like to ask you. Yes. Uh, we we should do that with some picks of bands we don't normally like. Oh. Bands you don't run like. In other words, Steve, if Kiss is in your living room. <laughs> As you gotta hear a song before they leave. What they do you have, have to do? They have to play one before I can kick them out. Exactly. <laughs> They're not leaving till till you've heard one. They'll make it that's, good. That's fantastic. Well, First, let me get this in. Keith, our buddy yeah. Keith checks in on the text messages. Uh, text message me about his choice for the Beatles, and he makes a great point. If I couldn't get Golden Slumbers medley as my one. Parentheses, which should just count as one song. He's right. <laughs> I thought of it, and that's a great call by Keith. He could get nine songs for the price of one. Absolutely. I, too, would pick Because. So you you and Keith Lee park your cars in the same garage there. That was dirty. That was, that was filthy as well. All right, uh, Kiss, one song, and then, <laughs> and then they're leaving. <laughs> I mean, Kiss is an example. We should come back to it. We should come back to it. You, we don't have to yeah. do that, right? I don't. I don't want to put you on the spot for Kiss because you know what? That could follow you for life. So <laughs> maybe relax on that. That's uncomfortable. All right. Well, well, just let's let's. We can do that next week without a doubt. <laughs> we could probably get uh, we could probably get Patrick Flood in on this because he's a very big uh, uh, music file and he, and he he actually incorporates music into a lot of his. Uh, his blog posts and stuff. He's he's a he's a great writer, Peach. Actually, you'd, you'd like him quite a bit. But um, he gets sports involved a lot. And he gets a lot of Arrested Development quotes, so we really like. Him. But um, uh, just on the sports tip, I've been thinking about this a little bit. Uh, Cal, if you could have a catch, right? So and and I'm not talking about like the dad catch in you know at the end of Field of Dreams. <laughs> With the okay. the beaten up glove and right. Hey, Dad, you want to have a catch in Southern California, even though we're in Iowa? Because because all my dialects are the same, no matter where my character's supposed to be from. Ooh, they, oh, they. We're not talking about that catch either. 
Another great example of uh, we've talked about that on the program, Cal, about the the catch, the father son catch at the end of the right. natural. Right, right, right. <laughs> we talked about that during the natural podcast, I think. That's right, where we talked about uh, Roy Hobbs questioning whether his whether that kid was adopted because of the way he throws the ball. <laughs> Wait, are you Iris? Can we? I know there's no DNA testing yet. But when they have it, I we're going on Springer. Have you seen this kid throw? This is a t- t- first of all. I mean, come on now. Um, but uh, we're talking about like you're warming up, you know, like you're you getting you're getting one guy to like hang out and warm up. Or who would you? Uh, another one, E Ray brought up, which is great. Who would you want to take BP off of? Who would you want to take BP off of? Yeah, you could get you could jump in the box against one guy. You know, even just to get a look at his stuff, like who would it be? I th- I threw the twist in that maybe it's in a wiffle ball game. <laughs> in, a, in your backyard. The guys in your backyard throwing wiffle balls at you. That's right. Wow. Um, like the BP one for me is easy. Like I would want to see Sandy Koufax. I would I would want to just take BP against Sandy Koufax just to see what that stuff looked like. Yeah, that's got to be nasty stuff. Right. I, uh, I, I. Hmm. That's a real tough question. I think I'd probably have to say, probably have to say Nolan Ryan, just to see how hard he could throw it. That's excellent, though. That's an excellent call. Like, could you imagine, like, just getting to step into the box once against Nolan Ryan and seeing a hundred mile an hour fastball? Right. Just yeah. How how fast really is? I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen a hundred mile an hour fastball. I think that probably the fastest pitch I've ever seen is probably about ninety five, ninety six. Okay, so that's like close. like hit against. Well, <laughs> hit is a hit is a subjective term. I was in the box there? and it All went right. past me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think if I had to have a catch, like I was going to have a catch with one guy, and, and hang out, oh, it would be Hernandez without a doubt. Yeah, that'd be cool. Just to, just to have a catch with Hernandez would be just so cool. With Keith Hernandez. And he's talking to you while you're having Yeah, exactly. You're having your warm-up. You know, like how we used to warm up before a ball game? Yeah. You run out to the, you run out to the left field or right field line, and you, and you just warm up. You get your arm loose. Right. You know, I want to do that with Hernandez. And he's telling me about what he did last night. That let's would hear, be let's cool. hear some samples of that conversation. Let's... <laughs> I'm Keith Hernandez. <laughs> It depends on what era Keith Hernandez. Like he's very, you know, like settled down now and stuff like that. If it's like 1985 Keith Hernandez in in New York on a good team when you know drinking was encouraged, shoot, that that conversation could go a bunch of ways. Uh, but uh, I I think that's a good one. How about you, Cal? Have a catch with somebody. Yeah. This is, I, this is tough. I mean, it seems like it seems like an easy question, but it, it is, you know, you could pick, like any major leaguer you'd want to have a catch with, you know, like it'd be not any cool. major leaguer. Well, maybe not anyone, <laughs> but like it'd be cool to even just go out there with David Wright and throw the ball around. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I like Aubrey Huff. I don't want to have a catch with. No, I guess not. But 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 when you when you talk about the the whole package. Uh, I think it'd probably be very interesting to have a catch with Lenny Dykstra. 
Well, there you go. <laughs> this is why this is a great game. Right? PJ, if you could catch passes, like you go out and throw the old pigskin around with one quarterback, who would it be? Oh, boy. <laughs> mine's but... easy. Mine's, mine's completely easy. Like, if I'm going to go out back and I'm going to run routes for a guy, right? Just say it's Namath, without a doubt. It's got to be Namath for you. It's definitely Namath. Uh, you know, I, I'd, prob- I'd probably say Joe Montana. Yeah. Or uh, Jim, Jim Kelly. Possibly Jim Kelly. You are a closet Bills fan. I don't even no, know if no, you're no, closeted. No. You may be out there. I I was brought into the Bills fold because of where I went to college. Into, into the Binghamton, into which the was Bill fold? In between. I was, I was <laughs> folded into the Bill fold. And the money, we called it the money clip. <laughs> oh, man, that's terrible. By some very gregarious Bills fans who just kind of welcomed me. Obviously, I had very little, you know, I didn't have a strong team allegiance anyway. You're not that strong a swimmer. And I, I liked very much the early 90s Bills, and it was a good time to like them because they were winning. That's true. That's excellent. Uh, Very true. And as a re- as a result, the, well, the not part not of the NFL that full. I like the most is the AFC is the is the AFC East. You know, right? Not winning in full. Choking. Lose, losing four straight Super Bowls. Yeah, well, that happened. <laughs> they won a lot of games, though. They sure did. Add, Cal, add Cal, up. Cal, you get to play one round of golf. One round of golf. I think I'd like to play golf with John Daly. Oh, took my answer. Oh, oh, oh really? Yeah. Well done. No, I. It, you know what I would say is, uh, I honestly, Greg Norman. Greg Norman. Yeah, mine would be because he sort of got me into golf. He's the first golfer I can remember watching and being interested in. Interesting. Yeah. Greg um, Norman. Yeah. Well, I think I think he'd be great. You know. God, I'm sure Greg Norman might have a drink or two too. You know, I might be okay in that in that regard as well. Probably. Uh, John Daly would just be so entertaining, though. <laughs> John Daly. <laughs> you and John Daly playing golf is tremendous to me, right? I can't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I see. I I would try. I'm trying to think of people that I would n- not be intimidated to fail by. For example, like to catch a pass. Like, like you think of like a Dan Marino or a Peyton Manning or even a John Elway, I would be afraid to drop that ball in my backyard because of the scorn that I would get from them. I was going to say, yours has to be Marino, right? Nah, it wouldn't be Marino. Really? Yeah, because of that. Because I feel like he'd throw a pass to me, I'd drop it, and he'd get so incredibly pissed at me <laughs> that, that I'd be like, oh, you're a jerk. Why did I, why did yeah. I like you growing up? He would. He'd give you the. He'd give you the, the, the look. I have. Yeah. I have this magnificent visual of you and Dan Marino in the in your backyard. My backyard. Like, and Marino like chewing you out for like making a bad cut. He's getting all red <laughs> in the face. <laughs> Complaining to an invisible official. He made a left at the tree instead of a right. <laughs> you know. So I think I. I think I'd like to have a catch with uh, 1985 Jim McMahon. There you go. There's a guy who's not going to be critical of you. No, I don't have to worry about that. 
Wow, I think we've uncovered some sort of. Uh, I think we put you on the couch a little bit on this as well. That's the thing. That's that's another reason why I wouldn't want to play golf with Tiger Woods. Yeah. Well, nobody wants like to play waste, golf with like Tiger Woods anymore. Like time. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I think the right? other the, the other thing is like Tiger Woods is like the easy answer, but if you really think about it, he's right. really turned out to be a jerk. Right. And so you'd be like, uh, you know, he's a jerk when he's playing. Clearly, he's o- he always has been. Right. And talk about like being intimidated around a guy. Like I, I, I uh, you know, forget it. I mean, if you could take the the fact that I stink out of the equation. Right. <laughs> hey, PJ, game of horse. <laughs> sure. Who would you like to play a game of horse with? Yeah. What, what do you got, Mad Bomber? Uh. I'll go outside the NBA. I'll say Metal Arc Lemon. Oh, cool. Good luck. <laughs> good good luck with it's that. not for money, is it? I mean, we're not <laughs> wagering. I thought but it was you, just there to have fun. But wait, wait. The game of horse is all about making ridiculous shots, right? Yeah. And you and you picked a globetrotter. These are guys that, like, specialize in bouncing the ball off, like, three people's heads. That's all That's they do all is right. make ridiculous shots. Right. And into the hoop. You know, you, you pick like the I want to but pick something that I have a shot bad. against. It's the, That's he's true. the opposite of Dan Marino. He wouldn't make me feel bad. I would right. we'd be laughing the whole time we play. You and Metal Rock <laughs> Lemon just laughing. Like we used to. <laughs> oh Meadowlark. You you threw the ball in from a garbage can into a Chevy that was driving by and had it pop out of the Chevy and into the... Oh, Meadowlark, you're so silly. That's good thing, sweet Georgia Brown. <laughs> oh, of course you would. Well, uh, I think uh, I think we've done a heck of a job with the old fun load there. It's fun. It is indeed. Well, uh, that's all the time we have. How do you like them, Apple? Wow, that went quick. That went that went very fast. Well, our, our thanks to uh, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ for producing the show, for being behind the glass uh, once again. And uh, we'll see you next week, Peach. We love you. We love you. Uh, and and uh, Peach? Yes, sir. You and Meadowlock Lemon, send us a postcard or something. No problem. <laughs> Yo, Meadowlark, you are just full of it. You're hilarious. <laughs> is Tracy Morgan somehow playing with them as well? He's playing the part of Meadowlark Lemon in this movie. Oh, PJ, you're hilarious. Uh, PJ, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, pal. Okay. <laughs> Why can't I get a good sign-off out of you? What are you doing? I think, I think he thought he was done and you went back to him. I'm eating no. an apple. Leave me alone. That's PJ's final unload. Cal, final unload? I want to check in with a quote from uh, Patrick Flood sharing this quote from Sandy Alderson. Patrick Flood joining us next week. He shares a quote from Sandy Alderson. Do I spend my time counseling Terry on the proper care and feeding of K-Rod? No. (laughs) Got a Sandy Alderson via Patrick Flood. (laughs) Oh, I love Sandy Alderson even more now. It's it's officially going to get awkward between Sandy Alderson and I soon. Uh, my final unload is uh, uh, glad to hear that Jose Reyes is not seriously hurt, but you know what? Take the week off, big guy. 
I already sat you in my fantasy league. Uh, so, you know, take the rest of the week off. It's okay. Uh, and then come back next week for the fantasy playoff push. Strong. Uh, that's my own little personal plea to Jose Reyes. Okay, that's all the time we have. Join us next week when Patrick Flood joins us for the podcast. Uh, check us out at www.rtusports.com. We may soon have some content on there, eh, Cal? Hoping. I yes. think we might. Yes, I think we might have some very good written content on there very soon, so check that out. You can also download the podcast there, listen to it on your Zoom, on your, your iPod, whatever you got over there. What's a Zoom, Cal? True story? True story. They got Zooms now. Uh, and also, uh, uh, thanks to uh, Keith Wilson checking in on the text message. Thank you, Keith Lee. We will talk to you soon. All right, Cal. I'll talk to you next week, pal. Later. Have a good week, everybody.